and help us to enter into a, a realm of wholeness when it comes to us being generous. Tonight I want to speak to you about that very thing and how God has transformed my mind and renewed it to enter into a place where I can be whole, wholly generous and how that is available for each and every one of us. So thank you once again for the opportunity to be able to, to share with you. I must have done something good the last time I was here. You invited me back. <laughs> but it's good. It's so good. I just wanted to start by wishing my father a very happy Father's Day over in the UK. He's listening to us. hope you've got a very sunny day ahead of you. I'm quite jealous of the uh, summer that they've had so far. But um, yeah, a very happy Father's Day to your dad. The love of money, or mammon, as we like to describe it in uh, Christian circles. It's a very biblish word. I think Clay would agree. Yes, <laughs> I'm getting the thumbs up. But more than that, our love uh, of uh, resources, the importance of our time, and, uh, and the way in which we handle these things can have a huge repercussion on the way in which we develop a generous spirit. We've heard some excellent, excellent uh, messages recently from uh, Clay and from Greg, um, very much so about uh, why we tithe, how to develop a generous spirit, what does it look like to be generous. And this morning, a deeper look at the early church's spending and how they received the revelation that everything is not actually ours. It's not ours to hold on to, but actually it belongs to him who gave it to us in the first place. Tonight I want to do, as I said, just something just a, a little bit different. The guys have done a, an excellent job in, in providing us with the, the whys and, uh, and the hows, how we can develop an area of, uh, uh, of our lives which is so important to him, which is this generous spirit. And uh, I want to take a look at what might be preventing us from walking into a heart position where we love to be generous with everything that we have. Our whole lives. You see, we can sell ourselves short. We can sell ourselves short by just even that, not seeing that the fullness of what God has planned for us, what God is calling us to be, because of either a hardened heart, selfish ambition, a lack of humility, and what I think is most important is actually a lack of truly knowing who God is. Truly having an understanding and an intimacy of who He is and what He can do in our lives. I can see these things because I've been there. I've been in that place where I've had the hardened heart. I've been in that place where I've not allowed people to tell me what I can or can't do with my finances or my time or where I devote my time or how I use my gifts and uh, 
you know, I've left, I've left myself falling short of the fullness of what God uh, can really call me to be. And uh, I want to tell you about my journey, my testimony of how God had to take me from a place where I felt as though I was rich into a place of humility where I needed to bow the knee at the foot of Christ and how he restored me to a position where now I feel that I'm richer than I've ever been in my entire life. So uh, I, hope you're, uh, I hope you're looking forward to, to how that uh, develops, how that, how that grows. But what I hope you'll take from this tonight is not, not necessarily a, a pity story. I'm not looking for, for pity of the things which I went through in order to take uh, this, this journey, in order to go through this. Um, but what I want to really help us to look at is you know, the struggles in being generous. And are we going through tough times right now, whether it be finances, time management, or a heart to serve? And is that the difference? You know, we can be asking ourselves this, this, this question, do I really know, or do I really know the God that I worship, and am I willing to make some shifts in my life that will help me to realign and come into that fullness that God has always intended, always intended for you and for I, that my life would be a beacon of generosity. So I'm hoping that if you tonight you're you're going through difficulties, if you're going through tough decisions, and what you've been hearing over the last few weeks about generosity is still they're still finding difficulty to come in. I hope that tonight, I hope that you will be able to take something that will actually enable you to take that first step and enable you to, to realign yourself and put yourself in the right place to receive the fullness of what Christ has for you. So let's get into it, shall we? I just want to pray. Father, Father, I thank you for these people. I thank you for this family that we call the Rock. I thank you for, for the, the thing that you've done in my life and the, and the works which you're continuing to, to do in the lives of the people in this room and for the rest of our family. Father, I pray that tonight you would speak, you would have your way and that you would highlight areas in our lives, Lord, that we need to let go of the reins and which we need to allow you to take over in order that we can move in this area of generosity into the fullness of what you created and intended it for it to be within our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'm going to touch upon some scriptures tonight and, and throughout my testimony, which I'd love you to, to go away and to, to read a little bit more uh, around the context and the fullness of, of what I'm going. But my main scripture that I want to, uh, to bring for you tonight, and just make sure you keep a, a finger constantly primed and positioned in, is Romans 12 uh, and verse 2. And uh, we've got that up there. It says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is 
His good, pleasing and perfect will. It's a huge element to my story, this scripture. And when I received the full revelation of this scripture, it blew me away. I was in tears just in the, in the car yesterday on the, home, on the way home with, with Emma from Palmy North. We were just up at a, uh, a marriage uh, preparation course. And God just dropped it in and revealed the process he took me through to reaching a renewed mind. And uh, I've highlighted those key words there because these are the things that we need to grab hold of um, if we're to, uh, to walk in the fullness of, uh, of this generous spirit. Not many of you will know or believe this now, but um, back in the UK, I actually could have been seen as quite a selfish person. You believe it. <laughs> I could be a very selfish person. I, I, I tithed to, uh, to my local church community, um, but it was no real sacrifice. It wasn't much of a sacrifice to me. I saw the finance, put it in a, an AP, made it a regular uh, part of my, my, uh, my walk and, uh, and pretty much forgot about it, I would say. I was very precious with the way in which I spent my, my money and, and what I spent my money on. Um, I had individual goals, um, particularly we get paid monthly in the UK, so it was kind of like, right, okay, I've got... Uh, this much, and what I'd really like to see is for it to, to boost to, to this much by, uh, by the end of next month. And so I'd, I'd try, and, uh, try and figure out how my finances could work in and around uh, that happening. And, uh, you know, what may have seemed as, as being quite sensible saving, you know, some people do that for, for the very purpose of, of saving for a goal, but I hadn't, I hadn't got a goal. It was just, oh, that's a nice figure to aim for. That looks good. Yeah, no, I think, I think that would be good. And, um, you know, it actually, instead of it look, you know, actually being sensible saving, to, to be honest, it was being pretty frugal. It was just taking, taking my finance and, uh, and holding it, just as what, uh, what Greg was saying about sort of just being, wanting to, to not, uh, be a, a, a giving person because I, I had this mindset that this is the direction I was going, this is what I wanted to achieve, and no one was going to get in the way of it. Buying big rounds of drinks at the pub for my mates, tried to avoid that one, tried to make sure that the uh, bell went by the time it got round to me. Um, <laughs> what else was there? There was often the, uh, a real avoiding of, uh, and, and sort of a, a rarity to random gifts uh, of love. Um, they were really on the agenda. And then I met Mrs. English. <laughs> so most of you know I'm married to, to Emma, uh, my beautiful bride, and she is a huge reason why I'm here in New Zealand. Uh, meeting Emma was a perfect opportunity to show off my financial muscles. <laughs> it was this realm uh, of, uh, of just being able to, to be the man, to, to, to be proud about who I was in the relationship. And so when I heard that she had been in a, a, uh, uh, a it was a yacht uh, that you'd been in, in Sardinia? Corsica. Corsica. So Emma had been uh, nannying in Corsica with a family who had been on holiday and she was mentioning how amazing it was to, to be on this boat and, and so it got the mind thinking and it was coming up to our first Valentine's Day 
and I thought, well, you know, what better better way to show off my financial muscles than to uh, take the initiative and I booked and rented a yacht, a captain and a uh, helmsman to, uh, to take us uh, around the south coast of, uh, of the UK for, uh, for, a, for a day, south coast of England. She had no idea what it costs, and I'm not going to tell you either, <laughs> but I felt like the man, you know, because I was the one who was producing such a gift for our first Valentine's. I look back on that now, and although it was a lovely gift, and there's absolutely nothing wrong in being able to give gifts of that grandeur, just a note to all husbands that are out there today, um, I really think that uh, I had to really check my motives on what was the purpose behind me giving that gift. I'd have to say personal recognition. Personal recognition. And when the focus went from God and looking at the amazing things that he had, he had provided and the things that he'd achieved in my life and when it went to looking at things that I am able to offer, I am able to offer my girlfriend this wonderful gift. God started to make immediate changes in my life and the mindset of my pattern. I wonder if you today can look back at your life at points where self and self-acknowledgement for your wealth or maybe your talents or your gifts have proven a stumbling block between you and God. If you're saying to yourself, oh, no, I don't think so, I think I've, I've done that quite well, you probably have, but have never addressed it. Good on you if you have. If you've been able to do it, good on you. But I think if we're really honest in terms of really being able to say, hey, I'm able to lay down all this at your feet and say, God, you've gifted it to me. You have blessed me with this. Then it's a good question for us to bring our hearts back to God and say, God, you have my gifts. You have my finance. You have my time. I need to give it to you. It took a huge jump for me to uh, leave a very well-paid job in the uh, sports corporate film industry. I was working uh, with uh, Rolex for a company called ING at the time and uh, got to work alongside golfers such as Australians Adam, uh, uh, sorry, Adam Scott and uh, Roger Federer, who we know from, from tennis. And, and I'd say, for me, I saw it pretty much as the dream job. I saw it as that... Uh, uh, that my passions were being able to, to be achieved, sport, television, and uh, the fantastic perks that uh, sadly did not include a Rolex. Um, but I'm still waiting for that one in the mail. I'm still waiting for that one that might come up. That might come up. But uh, what I felt like a dream job in my mind was slowly being um, released from, uh, from my heart passion, my heart desire, and particularly around the time is when I started to pray about coming over to New Zealand. And once Emma and I got engaged, um, the company that I worked for started to go through uh, an area uh, of uh, redundancies. And they didn't directly affect um, the, uh, the area that I was working in, in the corporate films and commercials department. But however, I, I felt I was coming to an end 
um, of my time with that company. And, uh, you know, it, it was mainly, mainly with the impending decision to, to make a move. Uh, that was part, part and parcel of it. But also I didn't feel as though I was struggling financially. I was in a good position. I, was, uh, I had saved a good stash away to travel. And uh, I actually felt very good about it. And particularly with your fantastic country having such uh, an amazing film industry and uh, uh, looking at the, how well The Lord of the Rings did, I thought coming to New Zealand shouldn't be a problem. Shouldn't be a problem. I'll come over, bring the CV, they'll be chuffed and I'll get in. No worries. Emma and I had been uh, had been prayed actually we've been prayed out of our uh, my last church and uh, uh, with a strict scripture that gave me great hope actually and we've got this Joshua one verse nine it says have I not commanded you be strong and courageous do not be afraid do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go sweet. I'm going to be looked after by God. That's awesome. Little did I know that he had other plans to what I thought that scripture really meant. I've got them highlighted up there. I must have missed out the area where it said, be strong and courageous. I must have read, chin up, you know, chin up son. This is a new, uh, new New Zealand life. It's going to be sweet. It's going to be sweet. Be strong and courageous. We're going to be so so important to me in my journey about what being strong and courageous meant. It's not about, you know, as I say, growing the muscles, although I'd like some more. It's not about uh, courageous in the, uh, in the face of, uh, uh, of a bully, but this was actually going to be how strong and courageous can you be when I take you right to the bottom. I did the North Island travelling thing when I first came over, but then realised it was probably about time to step in and, and find myself a job. And uh, this proved very difficult, more so than I thought it would be, more so than I thought before leaving the UK. And uh, I think more so than, than I thought, because I found myself asking myself the questions, why, why am I not being snapped up? You know, I've, I threw my CV left, right center um, to all the different companies that were in Wellington. I literally was selling myself as best as I possibly could in the realm and in the capacity that I thought, you know, God wanted me to, to live and to carry on working. It's an amazing thing when we allow God to start transforming our minds. And it started with me having to humbling, humble myself having to humble my expectations of how I would start in the industry. And that's the same thing that God is asking for us as well when it comes to us. When we're, we're hunting for things which is, are so, so passionate in our minds and in our heart, when was the time that he actually said, hey, stop, is this your plan, God? It's not even necessarily, is this your plan for me? But what is your plan? What is your plan, God? What do you want? And then help me to move from a position where I am in self to a position where I'm going, God, all I want is you and all I want is the place that you have put me. 
I took a, a small step with that and I became a, uh, a runner, which is sort of the lowest of the low positions that you can take in the film and television industry. And I started off with that when, uh, when I was 19, 20 uh, and uh, getting in, involved in it. But I never thought I would find myself going back to the bottom in order to try and work my way up. A runner is essentially a T-boy. And, uh, and just taking that time to, to serve others and get paid quite poorly for it, but to try and make those connections. In my mind, though, despite having this position and getting a few bits and pieces, bit of work here, bit of there, I found myself harboring disappointment about whether there would be full-time work, whether I could settle down in New Zealand. And it led me down a path where I felt very alone and inadequate. As a man, I think most of you guys, well, every guy here will probably recognize the desire to be the proud man of your household, the, the, the head of your household, the, the spiritual leader. And I went through a, a stage where because I couldn't find consistent work, because I had a hardened heart, I found myself in a position where nothing could really get me out of that rut. I had a fantastic life group. Debbie and, and many other guys were praying for me constantly during that time. We were hearing messages from the front as you just heard from, uh, from Greg on, on the offering, and I could not relate to it. I couldn't see what it was to be generous working out of a position of affluence because I didn't see affluence in my life. I had $12,000 when I came to New Zealand, and when I, uh, when I got to the point of desperation, I was down to my last $10. That was all I had in my bank account over the space of two years. That's what God was making me realize was what was my reliance on. Was it reliance on money? Was it reliance on prestige? Was it a desire to get in with Pete Jackson and, and walk down the red carpet with him? What is it, Cy? What is it? Because I want you to walk in alignment with me. I want you to walk in fullness of what you have, what I have for you. But you're not seeing it because your heart is hardened and you're taking a direction that is not going to lead you into that place of fullness. This is where the rubber really hits the road. And the power of the ask is so vital. I preach it a lot. I love it because it was part of my baptism. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. And it's so, so important that we as a family, if we have issues, if we have problems in our life, that we share them. And my brother Clay was the man that I could share my problems with at the time I needed to get to that point where I said God I have nothing I know 
idea of direction. To be honest, I want to go back to the UK because that's where comfort is. You know, God wants to take you out of a place of comfort and into a place of revelation so you can be grown, so your mindset can be changed. I sat down with Greg. We're at a Spates Ale House in Petoni and we were talking about this very thing. I said, Greg, I'm listening to Michael Bublé in the background and it's going, let me go home. And it's just like, what are you saying, God? What are you saying? I've got my commitment to my lovely wife. And she's studying and she's working hard in order that she can come into the fullness of what you called her to be and being a teacher. And I'm left here. And I don't know what I'm doing here. And I shared this with Clay. And I don't think he realizes this, but the very thing that he offered me was exactly the greatest timing that God had for laying that down. He gave me that opportunity. He wanted me to grow and I was offered a more prominent role in the music team that allowed me to serve at a greater capacity. The great thing about serving is that it takes your attention off of yourself and puts you in a position where you're focusing on others. And it was an awesome, awesome opportunity to say, hey, no more about me, but hey, I've got these awesome musicians who I get to lead. I get to worship my awesome God by using the gifts that he's called me to. Although finances didn't change, and although you know, Clay didn't say, you know, he didn't give me a get out of jail cause. He didn't say, right, here's a thousand dollars to get yourself back on, on, the, on your feet. It was exactly what I needed. Serving. Serving in this house is something that will enable you to grow a generous spirit. But what hit me most, I think, in that experience as well was the generosity that came from another. To come alongside me and teach me what it was to be generous. It wasn't in instantly in a financial extent, as I, as I said, but knowing that I had gifts that were not to be held onto, but to be shared for the benefit of the kingdom of God. Because God had given them to me to be used and not to be, uh, not to be held onto or hidden away. I wonder if there's gifts that you have in your life that you're hungry to, to use, but you don't know how to. You don't know how to ask. Because the beautiful thing is that we have a fantastic staff here who are willing to listen and are willing to take your passions and turn them into reality. I wonder if there are gifts that today you're not using because of fear. Don't let fear cripple you in being able to, to, to build into God's kingdom and take it to where he wants to see his people go. I found myself biting the bullet and getting another job. Emma was a, a huge influence in, uh, in enabling me to, to go down that route because, as I say, I, TV and film have been my whole life. It was all I ever knew. And now I had nothing. I needed something. I needed something. I bit the bullet and just went round to various different places to see 
if there were jobs going. Hog's Breath Cafe, McDonald's, the works. I ended up at Domino's. Domino's Pizza, cheap and cheerful Tuesday. <laughs> and I tell you, it was, uh, it was good because you were able to get five-buck pizzas as a staff member. So uh, I tell you, if you're looking for work, <laughs> it's not that bad as you think. But man, it took getting rid of a lot of pride in order to step into that realm. We have to release ourselves of pride if we're struggling in a position of, of, of finance. We have, to, we have to remove that pride in order to at least be putting something in. And I tell you, it, it gave me uh, a lot more than what I had, had been feeling before in terms of actually being a part of the relationship. I could at least look after the petrol bill. I could at least look after things that, uh, that were very important to us as, uh, as a couple at the time. But the beautiful thing about having a job or a position like that was that God was still taking me on this journey where he was releasing finances to me. But he wanted to say to me, Hey, Sai, I'm giving you this. Now, can you live within your means, within that environment? Can you live within your means and still worship me and give your all to me without being in a position of having too much where you would just hoard it or you would keep it to yourself? And that was what we did. We must have lived on the bare minimum for about 12 to 18 months. And it taught me hugely. I actually started tithing within that period as well. And man, it was only 25 bucks. But it's not about the amount. It's not about the amount. It was just saying, God, I'm going to choose to move into a position of obedience in which I hope from that position of obedience I will move into a position of desire where it is good for me to give. I delight to give to you, God. And so we did that. And we saw how it developed. It developed myself in being able to, to transform my mind, my mindset on, on being able to, to love God and worship God in a different way, in which I'd never done before. Reliance on Him and none on finance is a huge thing. And I'm reminded in Genesis 22, verse 1 to 2, we know the story of Abraham and how he took Isaac up the mountain. And uh, just at this beginning part, it says, uh, Jesus asks, and he says, Abraham, and he goes, here I am. You know, Abraham should have realized just at that very point, you know, to, to pretend he was Sarah or something because to actually realise what he was just about to get himself into <laughs> he should have actually realised hold on a minute what is God going to ask me this time so uh, he, said, he goes on then God said to me take your son whom you love Isaac and go to the region of Moriah sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain and I will show you 
Abraham had to thoroughly rely on God that he was going to bring the burnt offering, that he was going to bring the sacrifice. Even though he took that journey up the mountain with Isaac, he said, son, don't worry. God will provide the offering. Oh, we know that he's a man of faith. I wonder if there's a little kind of 2B verse in there that goes, God, how am I going to do this? How, how, can you, how can you ask me to do this? My one, my, my, my beloved son, Isaac, and you want me to sacrifice him? And it's the same with our, our finances, with our time, with the things that we hold dear to our lives. God's saying the same. Will you sacrifice? Will you take that and will you offer it to me? And will you let me have my way in that area? Getting desperate for God to answer is also a place where He wants us to be. Where we are relying on Him not just to look after our finances, not just in faith, but in answering prayers. And I remember still being in that position of dominoes. And, and although it was, it was a huge help, it was doing quite a bit of damage to my relationship and my marriage with Emma. And we were not seeing each other very often because I'd have to do the night shifts in order to, uh, to cover and to keep finances coming in. And while Emma had a day job, there was very little time we saw each other. And so we knew there had to be a change. They knew there had to be a change of season. And I got desperate, desperate with God. I wonder how desperate you are for God in your current situation. To rely upon Him. To cry out to Him and say, God, I've got nothing. I've got nothing else to bring. I just need you to show up. I need you to be my support. I got desperate with God. And I gave him an ultimatum. <laughs> it was getting to, to uh, the middle of last year, 2010. And uh, I knew that, again, just this, this thing niggling in the back of my mind, full-time work, an opportunity to be able to, to call New Zealand my home. Because this was my wife's home. And it wasn't going to be easy for us to leave and then for me to come back and walk into the same situation again so I said God you've got to turn up you've got to come into this situation and I'm, I'm telling you by August I need, this, I need this position I need your provision to come into my life or we're heading back to the UK and a bit of a backstory to to that is that we've been serving really uh, really diligently but, but we found a huge love in this area of building into young adults and the life group that we had uh, many here from the uh, very first group the original group <laughs> and man I just got such a such a lift in my spirit when I was building into these young adults when it was a chance to to to, to disciple, to, to work alongside, to contend for truth and to make that a priority. And then I had the discussion with Greg 
And I tell him exactly the ultimatum that I told to God. I said, look bro, I'm not too sure I'm going to be around too soon. But I've left this ultimatum with God. And there's, there's something that God is just speaking to me about young adults. It's always been on my heart. I, I, I can't stand to, to see this generation fall away from God. Because there's no platform for them. There's no place that they can come where they can... Uh, where they can socialize together, where they can, where they can love God, they can worship God, and where they can contend for truth in small groups, um, or in big groups. And, uh, I said this to Greg, and God provided. Because he said, how would you like to be the young adult pastor? Genesis 22 verse 14 it says, So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. That technique's working, bro. God never wants to leave you without provision. He is our provider. He is the source from which all things come from. And God's provision is not limited to whether, you know, he's, he's, whether he feels as though he's in a good mood or not. But it's limited if we don't allow our minds to be transformed and for us to take a journey of saying I want you God first I want intimacy with you and from that place of intimacy you reveal to me you show me your provision and he will he will respond he does respond I'm so grateful of God's provision in my life I'm so grateful of the journey that he took me on. Whereas in a position where generosity was not on my agenda. But how God is a good God. And he guides us through tough times for a purpose. For a purpose of growth. Can we go back to the uh, Romans 12 scripture? Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Simon, don't fall into the belief that you can store your money, hold it away, keep it to yourself, but be transformed. I'm going to take you through a process where you may feel you're at the lowest of the low. You may be down to your last $10, but I'm going to take you on a process of renewing your mind so that generosity is not just a side thing that it comes as part of a relationship with me but encompasses your whole self everything that you are you walk in it and you love and you share that with others someone here tonight is struggling to pay the bills You're in need of petrol, 
versus food. Can you reveal that? Who's that tonight? Is there someone here tonight who's in that place? Would it help if I told you (laughs) that God told me $50 is yours? He wants to be generous. And He wants to use me. Come and see me afterwards. I don't want to make a big thing of it. But God has transformed my life so much that I can't but help be generous to others. And I want to see that for, for you guys as well today. That there be transformation. That there be a renewing of the mind. That there be a chance for you to walk in that. Key areas to breaking a spirit of poverty. Let's just have a look at this. Pray and seek God in the areas you know you need to let go of and let Him have the reins. I struggled for years to let go of the reins that was financial and my time management role. Allow God to transform you in His way and in His timing. Get to know your Heavenly Father. Without me praying and seeking Him and getting on my knees and pressing into Him, it wasn't until I got to that point where actually I got to know Him I got to know my daddy. I got to know my father who is loving and gracious and who is a provider. And he showed himself to me through other people, through Clay, through this family. And this family is such a giving family. I've been on the end of receiving financial support of this family. Get to know your father. Step into the identity that He wants for you. We can hold things on ourselves, a spirit where we say we're not worthy to be generous. We're not worthy to be in a position where we can, we can give, whether it be of our time, whether it be of our gifts or our finances. That is not your reality. We sung it tonight. You've won the victory, God. It's your victory. You've done the hard work. And now I walk in that. I walk in that identity. Shake off the past labels that people have given you. That's so, so important. Some of you here tonight may have been told that projects, ideas that you've got for your future are rubbish. That they'll never work. That they won't ever take off. Because you can't get the finances. How are you going to get the finances? How are you going to get this? How are you going to get that? We worship and praise the God of the impossible. Nothing's impossible for Him when we work alongside Him and sit underneath His will. Shake off the past labels that people have given you. I just ask the worship team to come back up now. I want to take an opportunity to pray that God will release you of any burdens that you may have or anything that you may be holding on to tonight, and walk into the fullness of being a person who is wholly generous. Walk in that reality. 
It's what God wants. And I'm getting the guys to sing a song called God I Look to You. If we can have the words up for that mic, that would be great. It starts off, God I look to you. You're where my help comes from. I'm going for the second line. Give me wisdom. You know just what to do. God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. In a position of a spiritual mindset of poverty, that may not be what your reality is. And this is a great declarative song that you can speak over your life and into your situation and say, no longer God, am I going to be overwhelmed with financial strife? I know you're in control. Give me vision to see beyond the position that I'm in. Give me vision to see beyond myself and my selfishness to hold on to my gifts hold on to my time and help me to see like you do help me to love like you do you're where my help comes from God it's my experience and it can be yours tonight if you're struggling with the spirit of poverty whether it's finances or a feeling of poverty with your time I'm struggling to give time to people who need it or I struggle to serve I want you to come receive prayer someone with you who will support you and love you along that path. Father God, thank you. Thank you for your love in my life. And I thank you that our love is available for every single person in this room. I thank you God that you call us to a place of transformation where our mind is no longer stuck in our old thinking you take us to a place of new and what I love about that Lord is that because it leads to a place which is pleasing and in accordance with your will and brings glory to your name when we step out and allow you to work in our lives we can be wholly generous. So Father, I pray, speak into our hearts tonight. If there are things that we are holding on to, if there are things that are restricting us from giving generously of our whole being, and help us to lay them at the foot of the cross, where there is victory, where there is completion, 
where there is love and love abundance. Thank you, Jesus. Let's take a time to meditate over this song. If you don't know it, don't feel burdened just to go straight into it. But let it rest over you. 